Thank you. The word says if a man would have friends, he should be friendly. And I just want to thank Pastor Dell publicly for being friendlier than I am (laughs) (laughs) and showing me how to be a friend. Thank you so much for your friendship. Turning your Bibles to Psalms 103, we're going to do the traditional thing. We're going to have the Old Testament reading of the Scripture and then the New Testament reading of the Scripture. A few years ago, there was an email that kind of went viral. Maybe you got it and sent it, got excited about it. It was on the middle verse of the Bible, and it said the scientific study was done with a computer and discovered the middle verse of the Bible. This is, this is the heart of the matter. It's Psalm 118, verse 8, that says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. Who knows that's true? That's, that's, that's a good verse. It's a good truth. But actually, the Bible has an even number of verses, at least the King James Version does. 31,102 verses. So there can't be a middle verse. It can be a middle two verses, right? And so the middle of the Bible, verse-wise, in terms of the number of verses, not letters or sentences, is Psalm 103, verse 1 and verse 2. So the first half of the Bible, in terms of the number of verses, ends with verse 1 of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Isn't that a good verse? Good verse, man. If if you get anything out of the word, that's, that's what it's about. And then the second half of the Bible, in terms of the number of verses, is Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget them. Remember them all. A friend of mine was a traveling... Uh, professional musician and he was hired to play bass for a young up-and-coming band and they opened for some big names like Bonnie Raitt and Bruce Hornsby and others and they would pull in to the concert venue in their International Scout in a U-Haul trailer sleeping in cheap motels and my friend said you guys need to read the contract we are supposed to travel with a big bus just like Bonnie Raitt is or Bruce Hornsby is. We get free food. No, 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 we'd have to pay that back. We'd have to pay that back. They just couldn't believe the benefits that was theirs in opening for these big uh, bands. They kind of had a starving artist complex. You know, we're not good enough yet to be, that's big time, but we're not. But in reality, they had it in their contract. And it wasn't until their equipment broke down that they discovered from their manager, who really was the bad guy, he's trying to get kickback by saving money, uh, jipping them from the fine print. Then they traveled in style after a year and a half of suffering, four guys crammed into an international scout driving coast to coast. How many Christians are ripped off from the benefits we have because they've just forgotten them? One of the benefits we have is God's mercy. So my key verses I'm wanting to read right now is verse 8 of Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. 
For as high as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east, I checked my compass, that's the east, is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. He knows our frame and remembers that we are dust. As for men, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and his place is remembered no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children. We saw that demonstrated today with that righteous song. Isn't that awesome? All right, for our New Testament reading today, I'd like to look at Ephesians chapter 3. The writer is the man who planted this congregation in Ephesus, the region of the world now known as Turkey, or if you're Turkish, you call it Turkia. Powerful church. Jesus even acknowledged him in Revelation with one of the letters that he dictated to the Apostle John. Paul, the man who planted the church, is now in a prisoner, calls himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And he is encouraging them. The first half of the book is full of encouragement, and then the second half of the book is full of instruction on how to live. Who knows the Lord wants, to, wants us to be encouraged, and then he, then he gives us straight truth that we need to hear. The Beatitudes were statements Jesus made before at the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. Blessings pronounced. And then comes, you've got to bless those who curse you. You've got to walk in forgiveness. You've got to uh, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Telling us how to live. So before he launches in, in telling them how to live, he wraps up his encouraging words here with this prayer that he tells them he prays for them. In Ephesians 3, verse 14, to the end of the chapter, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Now here's what he prays for them. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, he knows that, you can't count that, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. Somebody said comprehend. comprehend. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, the Amplified Version says, or even dream of, according to the power that works in us. So he wants to work above all that we ask or think. He wants to work abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He wants to work exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So while this was Paul's prayer for this church, I think it's 
applicable to this church, to the Kempians. This was to the Ephesians, but to the Kempians, the Texans. This is for us to desire. And so I'd like to home in on uh, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able, from that, from that grounding, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Let's pray. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us today from your word. Thank you, Lord, for the word we've heard from you already. And so, Lord, we ask for you to give us grace to hear some more. In Jesus' name, amen. In the New Living Translation, verse 18 says that you may, may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Who wants that kind of blessing? The NIV says that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. The Christian Standard Bible says that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth. Can you say length? Length. Width. Width. Height. Height. Depth. To measure anything, you have to have a starting point. If you want to know how long this building is, you've got to start on the corner and starting point. Well, in our feeble understanding, we can't begin to understand what God wants us to understand unless he gives us a starting point. So when it comes to understanding the length of his love, we go to the place the word says where Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, God has always been... And he is love, so he has always been love. But in his revelation to us as men and women, we understand for us, the starting point from our understanding is the foundation of the world. Before time began, as we understand it, God is love. He started there, but he didn't end there. He came down through the avenues of time through creation, through the fall, through the flood, through the covenants, loving man. Can I get an amen? Amen. All the way through the cross, the fulfillment of that promise from the foundation of the world, the lamb slain was predestined to come. And one day that word was made flesh, became reality. And he didn't stop there. He continued on through the church. Till that love reached us. Who's glad that God's love reached you? And it doesn't stop there. His love is continuing to reach the world through us. So we're avenues of his love. And it continues through the operation of his love in us. It continues through on past the existence of time into eternity. How many is glad to begin to taste 
His love. We're struggling to describe His love. A lot of controversy right now over this new song called Reckless Love. I love it, but people say God's not reckless, He's purposeful. Yes, but He's not careful either. He's dangerous. He's a consuming fire. So if you don't like the word reckless, change the name to relentless love and don't get ripped off from the benefit of understanding His love at another level that we struggle in our words to describe it. Amen? How wide is His love? Well, I know His love doesn't start with me. It doesn't start with us. His love has always been. But we have to start somewhere in comprehending so I understand according to what we read in Ephesians, in Psalms 103, because of his love for us, his great mercy, he's removed our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. So I start, in my understanding, at the point of revelation, right? I know it, it pre-existed me. <laughs> but from my revelation... He has removed my sins, my transgressions, the penalties for my sin, away from me as far as the east is from the west. It doesn't say as far as the north is from the south. If you start traveling direct north, eventually you're going to start traveling south, right? Past the North Pole, right? You keep going that same direction, you're heading south. So you can measure how far... North is from south. Measure the distance between the two, the two poles, the north and south pole. I think the earth is 25,000 plus miles in circumference. So the north is, you know, a little over 12,500 miles across, right? But he said as far as the east is from the west. So if you could fly like a bird and fly east and never stop, you will never stop flying east. Unless you break the earth's atmosphere and fly to heaven. I don't know what direction that is. But he's removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. You can't measure that. You just keep looping. How many is glad that his love is wide? His love is deep. Starts before the creation of the world. From the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. Starts from his throne of glory where heaven's center chose to send the Son. The Word chose to come and be made flesh and came down through history and down through the heavens and landed in Bethlehem. Came down from being God. Philippians says it was not robbery for him to be considered equal with God. He is God. But he took the form of a man. That's deep. Measure from up there all the way down there. And yet he didn't stop descending. He humbled himself as a man and became a servant. That's deep. And he didn't stop there. He humbled himself as a servant by dying in the place of a criminal. As unjust as that was, he kept his mouth shut and let it happen. To demonstrate to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he didn't stop there. He went to Hades. From the throne to the groan. That's pretty deep, isn't it? God's love is so deep. How high is his love? It starts from that lowest point. 
through the empty tomb to the Mount of Olives where the promise was given. You shall receive power when my spirit has come upon you. Doesn't stop there. He ascended into heaven. And Luke 24 says, as he was ascending, he's pronouncing blessing upon them. Probably saying things like, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. He is putting his name on them as he's doing this. Ascended back to where he came from, but didn't stop there. Kept on going because he has now received a name that is above every name. That is the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow. Yes, both of them is going to bow. Ain't going to be none of this. Take a knee. It's both knees. That's every person's going to bow. And every tongue, that's every language, and every voice is going to confess that he is Lord. So God's love is high, deep, wide, and long. He used to sing a song. In children's church, deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide, and go fast, wide and deep. As a parent, maybe you would have discussions with your little ones when they discover what love is, talking about how much you love them and how much they love you, and how much do you... Love me, Daddy. Oh, I love you to the sky and back again. They'd say, I love you to the moon and back times a million. You could play that game of God and never be able to outdo him. It's awesome. In Romans 8, he ends with these words, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Of course, those things can't be. Verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I know we deal with the accuser of the brethren. We have an opposer, but he is not God's opposite. God has no opposite. Amen. You could say the opposite of cold is heat, but actually cold is the absence of heat. The opposer of God could be called the devil, but he is not God's opposite. God has no opposites. So no matter what he does, he's, God's not taken by surprise. And no one's a match for God's love. Don't give up on that person you're praying for. That God's love would reach them. That they too would taste his love. There's an old song that I love, On the Love of God, written by Benton Vespu Ellis. Verses, the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. And the chorus is, O oh, love of God, 
How rich and pure, how measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure. The saints and angels song. Lord, I pray for every person here that the understanding of, their, of your love for them would so impact them that they couldn't help but give it away. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for Living Word Church. Bless them with unprecedented blessings as they find opportunities to show your love. Lord, let this be a house of love where they can't wait to love each other and serve one another and let it spill out into the highways and byways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much.